Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us again. Going to be speaking with Dr. Jeffrey Now this morning, CEO of Oyster Point Farmer Incorporated. He's going to talk with us about the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. Welcome to Health Professional Radio. Dr. Now, thanks for taking the time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, Neil. CEO of Oyster Point Pharma, give us a bit of your uh, professional background and um, talk about Oyster Point's goal. Yeah, thanks. My background is I've been uh, involved in clinical development and medical affairs for both pharmaceuticals, biologics, and medical devices for the past 20 years. Um, I've spent most of uh, my career focused specifically on diseases of the eye, uh, and in particular, diseases of the retina, such as macular degeneration and diabetic macular edema. So I'm real excited today to talk to you about uh, the front of the eye and dry eye disease. I am a uh, PhD in public health and epidemiology by training. Mm-hmm. And um, Oyster Point is located in Princeton, New Jersey, and we are focused on novel and transformative therapies for the treatment of a number of ocular surface diseases. Our first product is focused on the treatment of dry eye disease. So what exactly is dry eye disease? Yeah, so so dry eye disease really is a multifactorial disease that can be caused by a number of different factors, mm-hmm. uh, including you know things like our environment, including age, um, including uh, if we are uh, a postmenopausal woman, we're at very high risk of developing dry eye disease. So we know that there's a hormonal component associated with it. And nowadays we have this new form of dry eye disease, which is COVID-induced dry eye disease from all of us uh, staring at uh, web conferences all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we watch TV, we watch devices, we watch uh, conference calls on the web, we don't blink quite as much. And so that lack of blinking can actually induce a dry eye type condition. But dry eye disease affects 38 million patients here in the U.S. alone. And really, it's a breakdown of that tear film homeostasis. So if we think about the tear film as a organ, there's three layers, which is an outer lipid layer, uh, which is uh, developed by the glands in our eye uh, lids. So these are the meibomian glands. We have an inner layer, sort of the middle of the sandwich, which is the aqueous layer. And then on the bottom, uh, we have a layer of <clears throat> mucins that are formed by goblet cells on our ocular surface. So any one of these layers can break down. And once we have a dysregulation of those layers, then we get what's called dry eye disease. And, and long-term, we can have redness, inflammation, pain, um, and many patients um, look to either over-the-counter or prescription therapies to take care of dry eye disease. Now, over-the-counter therapies, do they treat dry eye disease or just um, some discomfort that's caused by uh, some type of situation that's going on right then? Yeah, it's a great question. So if you go into your your local uh, drugstore and you look at the, the eye drop aisle, you'll see a whole host of what we call lubricating drops. Mm-hmm. Most of these products contain a lubricant and maybe um, some saline solution. So again, they're designed really to uh, treat or, or to um, be palliative for that really acute delivery. So you might feel good for five minutes after you take the lubricating drop, but after that five minutes is up, you're gonna wanna put another drop into your eye. Mm-hmm. And what these drops actually end up doing is they end up 
washing away many of those beneficial natural tear components that we need on the ocular surface. So think about, you know, uh, we, we often use the term dishpan eyes. So similar to, you know, washing dishes all day and washing all those essential oils off your skin, you're washing all that important material off the ocular surface and you're creating really patients that want to continue to deliver these lubricating drops over the course of the day to themselves. And so when we think about um, a, a typical patient, they're carrying around in their pocket or their, their purse many different types of lubricating drops that they're using throughout the day. And we really create these people that are addicted to these drops. But at the end of the day, they're really not treating the underlying cause of the disease, which is that disruption of tear film homeostasis. And in fact, they might be exacerbating that dysfunction. Is that a far cry from prescription medications? Yeah. So on the prescription side, you know, we have a number of, of products that are available on the market. The current marketplace uh, consists of many products that are treated or delivered to treat inflammation and the inflammatory cascade that ultimately occurs, which you know, Oyster Point thinks is the long-term sequelae of dry eye disease. So we don't start with inflammation we ultimately get there when we have a breakdown of that tear film homeostasis. And so our goal really is to try and reestablish the tear film homeostasis. But many of the products out there are in the class of steroids or immunomodulators mm -hmm. where they're addressing the inflammation component. How are they normally administered? Yeah, most patients will take a drop. And so these drops can be, uh, you know, once or twice a day and, the, um, the drops that are currently on the market can have some um, side effects associated with them. So as you can imagine, you, you have a, an eye that's not feeling very good. Um, it's, it's, it's dry and it's in many cases you have some pain associated with that. And when we put the drops on, many of these drops either burn or sting upon installation. There's a whole host of issues uh, that patients uh, experience with being able to administer drops. Um, as you can imagine, not everyone, especially the elderly, are able to deliver or administer drops to their own ocular surface, and often they need a caregiver to help them with that. And some of the products that are out there also have an associated bad taste um, with them, but they are delivered as topical eye drops uh, to the ocular surface. And so uh, the product that we are developing at the moment is one of the first products that's going to be delivered through a different route rather than topical eye drops. Well, uh, Dr. Now, we've talked about how uh, the drops are, are administered. How is your product administered? Uh, our product is uh, administered via nasal spray. And so we deliver a preservative-free aqueous small volume nasal spray to the anterior portion of the nasal cavity. So it's a nasal spray that's about the third of the volume of your typical nasal spray that, say, you would take for um, sinusitis or allergic uh, rhinitis. And the goal of this nasal spray really is to stimulate the receptors that are located on the trigeminal nerve. And the trigeminal nerve is part of our parasympathetic nervous system. By stimulating that nerve, we can actually stimulate the glands and cells responsible for tear film production. So we can stimulate the meibomian glands that are in the eyelids, the goblet cells on the surface of the eye, the lacrimal gland to produce lacrimal fluid. And when we think about that pathway, it bypasses the ocular surface. So we actually aren't putting any drug onto the ocular surface. 
what we're doing is reestablishing that tear film homeostasis with natural tear film. And we think about that pathway, a pathway is very important for stimulating our natural production of tear film. So 34% of our natural tear production actually comes from stimulation of those nerves in our nasal cavity. We've probably all experienced uh, a condition where we've had either a cold or during allergy season where our nose is very congested. Mm -hmm. We go to sleep at night, we wake up in the morning, we have a dry eye type condition because we're not pulling air in through our nasal cavity. And so it's really important as a pathway because about a third of our tear film is actually driven through that pathway. And so we're trying to harness the body's own ability to produce natural tear film because we think that there's really no substitute for the body's own tear film. It contains thousands of different proteins, growth factors, numerous uh, components that are really important for the ocular surface health. It's very hard to replicate that with an artificial tear type drop. Now, I understand that you've had some very good results from clinical trials in over a thousand patients with mild, uh, moderate, or severe symptoms of uh, dry eye disease. And the FDA has accepted your new drug application for OC01. What would an approval mean for Oyster Point Pharma? Yeah, so this is really the, the first product that we are submitting for an FDA approval. And should the FDA approve the product, uh, this would allow Oyster Point to transition itself now from a pure R&D and clinical development company to having a commercial presence with a sales force and all of the infrastructure to be able to commercialize um, a branded therapeutic for dry eye disease. And so from a company perspective, uh, we have grown fairly exponentially. We've been very fortunate over the course of the pandemic to to grow by about five times our size. We've gone from 28 or so employees to about 100 employees, and we would plan to put on a sales force of about 150 to 200 representatives uh, by the end of this year who would call on both the optometry and the ophthalmology community. So an FDA approval of this product would really completely transform Oyster Point and really give us the capabilities to, again, be that research-focused company that's driven by science, but also have that commercial component to be able to bring these therapies to patients. And that's, that's a really exciting transition for us this year. Exciting indeed. Give us a website where our listeners can learn more about Oyster Point Pharma's developments. Yeah, and there's actually uh, two websites that, that I think are really important. One is uh, we have a website for the company, which is OysterPointRx, all one word, dot com. And uh, that you can learn about uh, all, all of the things that we're working on on the pipeline. You can learn about OCO1. But there's also a second website for those of you interested in dry eye disease um, that we've just launched with our disease state awareness campaign that's also, I think, very informative, which is dryisland.com. So that website is spelled D-R-Y-E-Y-E-L-A-N-D.com. And there you can learn uh, about dry eye disease and 
and all of the pathogenesis of the disease. And so very, very informative area as well. Well, Jeffrey, I appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio, hoping that we'll speak again. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Neil. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Jeffrey Now, CEO of Oyster Point Pharma. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download a SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.